keep telling you if the Jazz are going to win, depth is going to be the answer. And this shows it even more so. Plus, Thurl Bailey joins for the off-season interview series. It's all next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan. Today, the Athletic ranks positional by position. Where do the Jazz players rank? We'll talk about it and what it means for the Jazz season. And Thurl Bailey, the great one, stops by to join us and chat about all things going on with the Utah Jazz in our summer interview series. Thanks to Ben Anderson for last week's great interviews. Uh, If you haven't grabbed them already, I've created a playlist of it, so you can kind of just jam through all of them if you want to. Uh, It's been really good. Tim Lacombe will join us uh, next week on the show. Two shows this week with Thurl, Tuesday and Thursday. Um, I hope you had a great Labor Day. Uh, By the way, if you're young enough that you do not know who Jim Abbott is, I think today is like the 30th anniversary of Jim Abbott throwing a no-hitter. Go look it up. Super inspirational. Be great. All right. Here is what how the Athletic ranked the Jazz players by position. Now, we don't know who our starting point guard is. They seem to think it's Taylor Horton Tucker um, is our starting point guard. That would probably be with the insight of Tony Jones. And they ranked Taylor Horton Tucker as the 29th ranked uh, starting uh, point guard in the NBA. Feels low, but on the other end, like we don't know if it's Talon, if it's Colin, if it's Chris Dunn. I, I kind of get it. 29th feels like, come on, you got to be kidding me. Um, or if it's Keontae. Um, but on the other end, part of me does kind of buy into this idea that, you know what, like we we don't know who our starting point guard is. And if we don't know, then I can understand where they rank him at. And I, I don't think you're going to move him a great deal. Um, so to me, it's a little bit of a quote. Cool. Here's Let's just run through it for a second, and then we can discuss each by thing. Because I think what's interesting about this is something we've talked about all offseason, and I've talked about in a lot of these interviews here. It's like, well, how are the Jazz going to win? And and how much are the Jazz going to win? And this is probably my largest concern is I feel like in the opening five or six minutes of a game, we're going to be at a disadvantage. And then as we sub in Kelly Olenek with some depth and as we sub in Colin Sexton with some depth and as we sub in Ochai Abaji and as we sub in, you know, whomever and Simone playing great right now, the Italian team actually just tipping off against uh, the United States as we, um, as we, as I'm recording the show today is, you know, whoever it might be, that's where I feel like we're going to make inroads. Like, we're going to have to survive the first six minutes of the game quarter, win the next 12, and then survive the last six minutes of the second quarter and the same thing in the fourth quarter. That's Now, that's honestly a lot of there, – there was some level, that's how I felt a year ago too, and then we came through and won all those close games in kind of an awesome fashion uh, under the direction of Mike Conley. Um, so, you know, that feels – that feels at least similar. U.S., by the way, playing much better today on this whole thing. So when you look at us and we're Taylor Horton Tucker's 29th, Clarkson's 25th, Lowry 6th, Colin 18, Kessler 21, 
if you go with the athletics rankings, then at least what this is kind of contest my point. It's like, okay, that's fine. But Kelly Olenek might be the best backup power forward. And then if John Collins is playing backup five, maybe John Collins is the best backup center in the NBA when he slides into that position. And then, you know, Colin Sexton's got to be one of the best shooting guards of the NBA off the bench. Like if Clarkson's 25th on shooting guard ranks and Collins are backup, he's got to be about like, well, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, Clarkson, I think is a little bit better, but the other guys around Clarkson are, and you know, it's interesting. I read Clarkson 25th, had the same reaction to him not being in the top hundred. Like you gotta be kidding. Well, 23rd is Anthony Simons. Clarkson or Simons is interesting. 24th is Austin Reeves. Definitely a love affair going there. Devin Vassell is 26th. Um, So I kind of feel like those are similar. I probably, frankly, would side on that. I I think Jordan's above both those guys. And Anthony Simons and Jordan are pretty similar. Um, But, you know, if you're going to talk about what makes uh, the – if you're going to talk about what makes Jordan so good – Anthony Simons has a lot of the same uh, characteristics. Uh, Simons now in his fifth year in the NBA last year, averaged 22 points, two rebounds, four assists, 44%, 38% from three is much better shooter than Jordan. So suddenly like I look at Simons at 23, it's like uh, that doesn't feel as awful as, as what we're talking about. Um, Devin Vassell, I think is probably a player who has as big a breakout year this year as anyone when he suddenly plays with better players than he's been playing. And he also now moves into, I believe his fourth year where he makes a jump. Well, he last year averaged 19 points, shot 38, 9% from three and 44. Like, Oh, like suddenly, you know, that put Jordan in between those two guys doesn't feel nearly as kind of offensive as maybe um, you would have Lowry at sixth is a great compliment. The five guys ahead of Lowry at sixth are Jason Tatum, LeBron, James, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, and Jimmy Butler. John Collins at 18, it's kind of a weird grouping. It doesn't feel like any of these guys are like John Collins at all. P.J. Washington, Cam Johnson, Keegan Murray, Sadiq Bay. The guys up even further ahead are Jalen Williams and Aaron Gordon. I don't know that I think John Collins is better than Jalen Williams or Aaron Gordon. So they were at 14, 15. P.J. Washington was at 16. Cam Johnson was at 17. Keegan Murray's at 18, Sadiq Bay's at 19 or 19 and 20, and John Collins is in the middle of that. Collins, again, great ups, everything with John Collins involves upside of whether he can get his his game back and his shooting back at where it once was. But this is another one where, okay, like it doesn't feel you're not moving. He 18 might feel wrong for John Collins. I, I don't think he's going above Aaron Gordon. And Aaron Gordon's sitting at at 15. So and then Walker at 21st is in this whole grouping of centers. And I think Walker can move past this. Gobert's six, by the way, if anyone's wondering. Zubak, Wendell Carter Jr., Kayvon Looney, Yusuf Nurkic, Mitchell Robinson, Steven Adams. Like, I do think Walker can can vault past some of those kind of lumbering big Steven Adams, Zubak, um, Nurkic-type bigs. But on the other end, there were times last year when Walker got manhandled physically just trying to learn the league and those guys are probably past that um and you know we love walker and should love walker and what he's done for for the team in, in this growth possibility but there are still pieces of this puzzle that need um you know to learn and i and i don't 
you know, I often say I don't think the second year is usually a big jump for for a player who had a very good first year. Walker's going to have a complete second year, which he didn't have last year. Um, and he needs to shoot better than 51.6% from the free throw line would be kind of the biggest thing. And, and if you go to the final 41 games, I think that's, you know, when Walker started starting, you can look at that and say, okay, we'll get that. Um, I don't know that we'll get a, a tremendous more than that in the sense that that was a really good year. Like if Walker, I think from that point on average, I think 12 points and 11 rebounds a game, I, I'm I'm in shot about 70%. So I'm not expecting maybe he goes 14, 13, but not a massive jump there, just in the sense that you don't usually make that jump until year three, you know, a little bit longer down the road. So um, it's an interesting, it just backs up my feeling on the Jazz this year. The depth is everything for them. Um, and I want your comments. If you're on YouTube, where do you agree or disagree with some of these guys? Think the jazz players are ranked better than that. Um, but to me, this is just, you know, Chris Dunn, Colin Sexton, Keontae George, Kelly Olenek, John Collins sliding into the three, into the four spot somewhere along the way. Um, whoever plays our th- backup three, is it Ochai Abaji? Is it Taylor Hendricks? Is it however they do it? I, to me, it's going to be really exciting that the middle 12 minutes of every game are going to be, I think, what turns it. And that's where we did our substitution patterns a few weeks ago, your everydayers all remember. And that was the interesting one. It's like, a, how do you maximize that time? Do you circle Lowry back in three stints instead of in two so that you can get him in those minutes um, and those kind of things? So I, I, I would say I think this is um, just further kind of backs up my feeling that the way the Jazz are going to win games this year is with depth. And I also think this backs up my other thing is the league is just loaded. Like when Jordan Clarkson comes out at 25th on the shooting guards and I'm like, what? And then I look at it and it's like Anthony Simons, Devin Vassell. Oh, oh, like some of those guys are pretty good. Like, um, you know, I don't know who, if you kind of look at the shooting guards down the road, like I'm not sure who the guys are that I'm going to sit there and tell you, I think, you know, depending on, on where you have them, Jalen Brown's two, Spencer Dinwiddie's 20, um, Quentin Grimes is 18. I feel like that one's a little much, but he's in New York. So always Tyrese Maxey is great. Jaden Ivey right in, is right in there. Donovan's number one. Terry Rozier, 15th. DeJounte Murray, 7th. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, 17th. Anthony Edwards is 6th. Paul George is 3rd. Des, you know, unless you're going to – Herb Jones is 28th. Plays elite-level defense. Unless you're going to blast uh, Clay Thompson at this point with his legs. So pretty interesting. Uh, to see across the board. Today's show is brought to you by my friends over at Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. The Murdoch family's been in Utah for over 80 years, bringing you the great customer service and the no regrets uh, approach. And the Hyundai cars are just outstanding. I'm driving the Ionic 5 right now because my daughter is off to college. So I got my car back and loving it. We also have a, the new Santa Fe, a little sporty, uh, fun Santa Fe uh, that we're driving. We're a Hyundai house. Why? Because when I did the research, I got the more bang for the buck. The cars are great. Uh, I got more dollars for what I spent. I got all the safety features. I maxed out on safety features. And if you look at the Ionic 5, it's the Motor Trend SUV of the year. The Ionic 6 is the car of the year. Hyundai's making incredible cars at a great price with a great people in the Murdochs uh, being able to uh, hold it together. It's, Murdochs are an easy one uh, to support. Got a great email yesterday from someone who just had a super experience over there and actually did it without my uh, call. They just wanted to let me know that they went over there without me setting it up for them and got incredible treatment. Uh, but I will set it up for you. So feel free to email me first at dlock09 
at gmail.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Intercap Lending. Speaking of amazing customer service, Intercap Lending and Steve Carter do amazing, amazing work uh, over Intercap. Crazy time right now to get a loan, trust me. Um, and so right now, the way you need someone like Steve Carter who can really navigate the system for you. Intercap does a great job with being uh, their flexible uh, borrow experience. They keep that relationship. And then Steve Carter is simply the best. Steve Carter at 385-800-8528 is the best customer service I can give you. He's done our COOs. Uh, he's done two of mine. Uh, everybody who's been to lockdown has had the same reaction. Uh, Dave Thurman said, all I can say about Steve Carter is a far, by far the best loan officer I've ever worked with her. And that's said because I've worked with my fair share. He's responsive, down to earth, which is rare. I'll be sure to recommend him to anyone in the highest praise. Clayton and Sarah said, Steve Carter, uh, Intercap, did a fantastic job with the refi. The process was seamless and quick. We reached out in a time crunch and he really made it happen. Give You can email me at dlock09 at gmail.com and I'll set you up. Or call Steve Carter at 385-885-28. Intercap Lending, MLS number 190465. And today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Visit birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or use the promo code locked on NBA and bird dogs. There's just nothing more comfortable. I've got three pair now that bird dog has been wonderful enough to send me uh, two pair that bird dog sent me, I guess. And one pair that I purchased myself and they are the go-to shorts. Like when it's time for just something a little bit more comfortable, they have figured it out. These companies, it's all great. have figured it out. Um, a little bit, the old stiff cotton short that kind of fits, doesn't fit. Nope. That's not going to work anymore. They make you look good. The stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit a slimmer through the thigh and, uh, legs to give you a little more sculpted look. The shorts are the exact same as Lulu, frankly, but they fit way better. The inner linings are great. And the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric keeps you cool and dry all day long. Bird dogs are functional. Golf, date, evening, workout, pool. That's also what I love about them. It's kind of how I've mixed and matched. I literally played golf in them and jam- jumped in the pool on the same day in the same bird dog shorts. Go do it. Birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. Enter the promo code locked on NBA to get your free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's bird dogs slash locked on NBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You don't want to take your bird dogs off, I promise you. The great Thurl Bailey joins us next. He's the best. He's an NBA star. He's an author. He's a public speaker. He's a dad. He's a husband. Grandpa. He's a grandpa. He's Thurl Bailey. He's my favorite. Don't <laughs> tell Ron I said that. But Ron, but Ron doesn't watch uh, Locked on Jazz very often, so I think we're okay. Just Ron's healing up anyway. That's right. All right, Big T. Let's talk some basketball. We're getting kind of close. Uh, we get the honor of go, of uh, supporting Maui in our opening preseason game, which is a wonderful event. Um, are you, as you look at the Jazz roster today, assuming it holds, are you surprised at all that this is where the Jazz are and this is the roster? Uh, I think there's always some surprises in there, D. I mean, I, I don't really go into it with any preconceived opinions, if you will. Uh, I have I have my opinions of maybe what they need, what they don't need, who's who might be staying, who might be going, who will opt out, who will stay. So there was some surprises there because I think guys there there are a few guys who basically showed who they really are by committing to the Jazz and understanding what potentially they have here when they probably could be in other places with a bigger role. But um, I like the fact that we didn't do much much shopping. Right. I mean, asset wise, we were in good position with our picks. 
Uh, Jazz, for the most part, I think got what they wanted. Uh, what what was they were hoping would be available for them was uh, that point guard position. We both know it's it's a vital position to be successful. Not that that guy has to take on the load, but there's always got to be a guy who who can even if you're playing point guard by committee, there's got to be a guy who can be an impact player uh, in that position. Now, whether Keontae George can make that mark right away, I think he's shown that it's possible that he can. Being a rookie's hard. It is. It's really, really, really hard. So I'm assuming you're talking a little bit about Jordan and the fact that Jordan committed and then signed. Um, how important do you think that is to the franchise? I think it's huge. Uh, you know, there's no question he's, you know, with the emergence of Lowry Markin, and I think it's it might be a toss-up between, you know, fan favorites. Um, but Jordan Clarkson will always be uh, a big fan favorite here. And I think part of it is this is the place that really has been behind him, good or bad. Uh, take him as he comes, right? His style of basketball play uh, for Quinn Snyder to really give him kind of that freedom. And I know Coach Hardy runs a little bit different offense or maybe a lot different offense. Uh, but I think I think Jordan really enjoys being in Utah. Uh, he's got other things that he does, but, you know, his home base doesn't affect those things. I think it makes it better. Um, and and so I'm really, really glad that that uh, he opted in to stay. Uh, you mentioned Will Hardy. It's funny to think a year from now, we probably did this conversation, and that was the biggest unknown of the whole season. Yeah. We actually thought we knew they are not going to be very good, but what we really didn't know was Will Hardy. So before we look ahead to what Will Hardy year two is going to be, let's go back to Will Hardy year one. What jumped out to you about the Jazz head coach in his first year? I think the first thing that jumped out to me, because you, know, you mentioned one of the things that I do is you know, I, I'm – a public speaker, uh, I, I'm big on communication. D, really am. I'm big on, you know, that one-on-one -on -one communication, group communication, getting everybody on the same page, building teams, and speaking to every individual on that team and getting to know their personalities, and then and then putting all that together to say, well, what's this team going to look like? So uh, I thought, first of all. Will Hardy, I think, even talked about it as he came in about the guys he talked to. And I remember, you know, with Mike Conley being here, he he basically said, look, I can't teach Mike Conley anything. I'm learning from him. So a guy who can understand the balance between communicating and uh, being on a level with these guys that they can trust them, but also knowing you're the coach. So you got to put the hammer down sometimes and guys aren't going to like it. So I really saw that early on um but i did see some you know nervousness hoping that you know i can get this thing right which is natural right but i think overall his his knowledge and his ability to take all the things that he's learned and then make it his own on this team put his own brand on this team i thought we saw it come out quickly in this team so i i really like the fact that he's a great communicator you could tell he loves basketball. We'd be sitting, uh, I remember on the road somewhere, I can't remember where it was, um, the Jazz were in a tight game. It may have been Indiana. But he walked up to the table, and I kind of looked up, and they, I think they were down. 
Uh, it was a close game, but he looked at me and smiled again. He kind of winked like, I love this stuff, right? And so that told me a lot about him right there. And then from then on, I would just ask him, wins or losses, coach, you still having fun? He said, yeah, you're damn right I am. And so it, it's it, it's really refreshing to see a guy come in his first year and kind of be pleasantly surprised himself, right, at, at, at what these guys – have bought into and created. So that's why I'm really excited for this year. You know, you reminded me of a bunch of stories there. The one that maybe is most pertinent was in Atlanta in the locker room. We're on the road early in the year, if I remember correctly, because Nate's still the head coach. And uh, Will's walking through the locker room going, fun's underrated in the NBA. Fun is underrated in the NBA. Let's have some fun. It's underrated in the NBA. And it was it was kind of an eye open You know, that was kind of his mantra there for a long time was – uh, to try to make sure that he, you know, that everyone's having fun. And I thought that was, I thought that was an interesting kind of approach by him uh, t- in regards to that. Well, you know, if there is a problem with that now, it's that, that year's old. Right. <laughs> is gone. How, do you do, how do you do that again? Right. Yeah. How do you do it again? When everybody now knows you're not a surprise, right? It's like, okay. These guys, they don't, they don't mess around. Okay, we, you know, we underrated them coming into the season. We're not going to do that again. Uh, we know what Lowry marketing was and can be. So it's, it's a bit of a bullseye, it's a bit of a target. I mean, Jazz haven't really achieved anything yet in the new regime, but I think we saw, uh, we saw some previews of really how good they can be if they can stay consistent and healthy. Obviously. But um, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to see how Coach Hardy approaches this year because now, you know, once that year's over, you're not a rookie anymore. Year two with Will Hardy will be our conversation as we continue with Thurl Bailey here on Locked On Jazz. College football fans, pro football fans, the Locked On previews are out. They're exceptional by conference in college football and the NFL extravaganza. The hosts get into it, the little fighting, little bickering. Little P and B back and forth between the hosts. You gotta love it. It's all available. Locked on NFL uh previews for you for the NFL season as well as the NBA season. So thoroughly as we continue, you talk about it. Year two is different, right? Like, what is like, and I always say this about the NBA. I understand why general managers want continuity, but I actually don't think there's anything that exists in continuity. Season ends, and really honestly, what happens is season ends. Guys go home, guys get around their guys, guys listen to their guys, guys work on their games, guys get told how great they are by their guys, and guys come back in a different contract year, in a different position, and in a different view of who they are than when the year ended. And it has to be all remolded every single year. And often, this team doesn't have it, but if you think back at some of the last teams we've had, with scars from last year. We don't have those. That's the good news. We don't have scars from last year. That was a that was a pretty peachy keen good year. But it is different. Colin Sexton, Tony Jones was like, I'm a starter. I'm I'm back healthy. I'm ready. And I'm a starter. Oh, are you? Like, because we have some other guys. And Ochai Abaji's in year two. He's not the same guy in expectations of himself as he was. And Jordan just signed a three-year contract. Like, things are different. So how does this team gel in year two? Like, team 49 is done. This is team 50. Yeah, well, honestly, I think every team has scars. It just depends on how deep that cut is. Okay. Like the, the good part is 
is never leaves the locker room, right? Or it's never expressed. If I have a problem as a player with my playing time or whatever, I, I, I direct that. I go directly to the source, the coach, and ask what I need to do or, you know, whatever that opinion is. But no team is perfect. No, no team – there's not a team where everybody's happy, D. Um, now, there's degrees of that. And I think that you're right in the fact that we have a set of guys on this team that understand the culture, right? They understand that if if they break that culture, break that trust, they're not going to have guys that are going to follow them in that, right? And, you know, if you're not playing well and you get subbed out early, you get moved to the bench or whatever, that's a part of it, right? That's a part of a – you know, how hard you've worked in the offseason. That's a part of what did we talk about in our exit interviews that we feel like if you bring this back, uh, we're going to be a better team. And so um, you're right, though. I mean, you, you go home and people tell you how good you are and how many more minutes you should be playing. And let's add this to your game because we think you're good at it and you're not a great ball handler, really. But uh, you get back here and and – and none of that stuff is really needed. This is what we need from you. Take uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, for instance. I think he's a really good example of a guy who actually learned on the fly how to be a better player during the season. I mean, he had he was he was equipped with things, but he was never in a position like he was in this past year when guys were hurting out to be asked to play primarily a point guard and try to facilitate. He wasn't a good facilitator early on. He's not a great one now, but he's better. He understands what is needed of him now. And he's, he's, it's not that three point shot you're going to rely on. It's you putting your head down and getting to the hoop and knocking people down on the way. And then being good enough to know when you don't have it, where everybody is. Uh, I, I think, I think he's due for a really, really good season. And a lot of that's up to him. 22 years old. I know. I know. We always we always say that, right? We always mention his age when we're talking about him excitedly. And I, I just think that he's he's got something that's unusual uh, that's going to come in handy for this Is team. Is he so, the player you're most intrigued by this year? Most intrigued by based on last year? Yeah, like if, if you look at our roster, like who's the guy that you're looking at? Like, okay, that's that's the one I really like. Let's see what he's got. Like, th- we're gonna find out what he's got. I think I know. I think I know oh, what. I think I know what he's got and capable of. Now, and, and take me there. What what is that? I think. I think he's got the ability. You've got the ability to really put the ball. Now, I, I still believe that we're gonna have four or five guys, maybe more, who can bring the ball down, who can start the transition, right? I think he can be a, a really good at that. Um, Jazz are looking to get that that early shot in the shot clock. Um, and if you need something going to the basket, and it remains to be seen how consistent he can be not turning the ball over in those, in those situations. But I like his pace. I really do. And, and I think that um, if he's working on anything, he's working on his ability to shoot from deep and be consistent with it. I think last year, sometimes he started early with that shot. And I always think he's better when he sees it go in and he 
he's kind of on a groove in a groove and he can knock that down because he's rolling right he's rolling and so but if you ask me about a guy who i think is going to be intriguing i think it's john collins oh interesting i one I, note on Taylor: 16th percentile in rim finishing like that's the one. Like we can talk. All right, I got it. Is three point shootings in the eleventh percentile? But it's been there for three years. Right. Like that's just it. But his his rim percentage has got to be better than fifty four point five percent. If he can get that up to sixty percent, so that that that's two more buckets. That's a bucket or two a game going the free throw line. Like that's the game changer on Taylor. That if he can start figuring out how to finish at right. the rim with that size and strength, it changes. Okay, John Collins. Yeah, I like when you feel. Oh. You throw those numbers in there while we're talking. I, I thought you I'll might be, you, no, you, you might be worried if I wasn't doing that. I would be. I would okay. be. Um, and I say that because there's, you know, a question mark about how he fits in. I think he's got the tools to, to play multiple positions. I think he can be an offensive-minded guy. I think he can be a guy that even defensively can, can you know, with that his size. I mean, Jazz are still going to be huge on the court. Um, but some of this for me is where you're coming from, right? I mean, you didn't leave Atlanta on good terms, really. I mean, right. I mean, and so now this could be a place for you to kind of hit the refresh button, the reset button and come into a great culture and contribute. So I know he can play, but sometimes you got to be in the right place to really show what you can do and you got to be committed to, to doing what's needed. So I'm really excited to watch him because I think he's a great piece. He could be a really great piece for the squad. Trey young is a brilliant player. He's incredible, but John Collins had to play as Trey young needed him to play. John Collins gets to play maybe as John Collins needs to play in Utah. That that's the, that's the hope at least. That is the hope. That is the hope. And I think when you look at one, the mind, uh, the mindset of our coaching staff and how they've kind of integrated these character, different characters of players. Because honestly, I I still believe that Larry Markinen didn't know he was a star when he got here. <laughs> right? Uh, he had to be told by the team and the coach, come on, dude, you're the guy. And once you got that green light and once, you know, you went out there and you stretched up over somebody and you, you just hammered it down on him. You're like, okay, I am the guy. Now you never say that out loud, but that's the kind of swagger that he has. So in saying that you also mix in a, a uh, you know, other guys like um, Jordan Clarkson, for instance, we know what his game is, right? He's, he, we call him the magician. He's heavy on the ball handling. He can get inside. Um, I think he's becoming a better decision maker in there. Maybe not as consistent as the Jazz want him. Um, he's that early shot taker on the break from three. Um, and he's getting better at finding guys if he's in trouble. But I make that point because there's so many different guys that Coach Hardy has to work into his system, uh, from Kelly Olenek to, you know, all these guys. And I think a guy like John uh, Collins can come in and coach can find a, a, a really good way to get him integrated. You got to play deep, but I think we can, you know, put you in a position where you can thrive. 
He's Thurl Bailey. He'll be back with us tomorrow. It's Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll be back with you tomorrow with Thurl Bailey, part two of the interview as we continue the off-season interview series here on Locked On Jazz.